Welcome to the Safe Haven Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. The Safe Haven Podcast is a space for you to be real, raw, emotional, vulnerable, hilarious, and are completely carefree. This podcast offers a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life, and a judgment-free zone. Join me and my powerful guests as we dive into a variety of conversations and topics. Listen from where you are, as you are. Think, laugh, and cry along with us, whether you're in your car, in the kitchen, chasing your kids, running your business, caregiving for someone that you love, getting a mani-pedi, while you're in the hospital, a treatment center, sitting on the deck, on the dock, or out for a run. These weekly stories and messages will hit you right in the heart, fill up your cup, and recharge your spirits. Joining me today in Quetzalano, so kits, is Juan Leano. We can also call you JD. Thank you so much for joining me on this Safe Haven podcast. Amanda, thank you so much for having me today. I'm more than excited and yeah. thrilled to yeah. be here right now. Thank you for sharing my excitement. I know we were just talking a little bit about excitement and having someone that's on your level of excitement is, it heightens your excitement in a really genuine way. It was pretty immediate. I just walked in and I was like, this is the person that I want to spend my afternoon with. It was great. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Yeah, because having only literally met an hour ago, an hour, oh, almost two hours ago, but I feel like I've known you for a very long time. Seriously, business yeah. ideas are flowing, conversations oh. and stories. Oh my gosh. I'm ready. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I love jumping in so that the guests have a little bit of an idea of who you are. Can you give us a little bit of a timeline? What was life like growing up? And where did you grow up? Ooh, that's a, a very good yeah. question. Juicy of sorts, which I love. <laughs> I'm originally from Latin America. Born in Colombia, not raised in Colombia. I lived there till, just super cliff notes, I uh, lived there till I was about six. And I am what, what people now describe as a third cultured kid, which is kind of just moving around the world, growing around the world, making relationships around the world. Um, so I got the chance to live in Bolivia, Peru, Paraguay, Panama, uh, Spain, and here in Canada as well. So growing up in all these different places has been my life journey to call it that mm -hmm. so far uh, when you got here and I obviously was asking you about your name and I was like wait a second Juan where are you from and we started talking <laughs> the Latin American thing I was like um and you asked me hablas español and I was like uh yes por favor yeah, sí, español I need it more in my life there's not enough of it anymore well, that's too and having spent a year in Argentina like I said it takes me some gin and tonics or some wine to like yeah. let myself relax into speaking Spanish a little bit but yes if you want to go and hang out and just speak Spanish you have to put up with my terrible Cuando Spanish. quieras okay. we will like literally just hit the hay and okay. yep anytime. Yeah. Game on okay yeah. so lots of travel. Lots of travel it's I bleed travel I live through travel yeah. and it's been part of just my entire life journey mm -hmm. um, my parents as well the upbringing wise it's something that they really instilled um, wherever we went just to really get to know the culture of where we are appreciate the culture and just enjoy it yeah. um, it's so easy moving from one place to another to just completely disregard it and just be a bystander of mm -hmm. where you are mm -hmm. um, so it's been such a privilege having them instilling that value in my life yeah and by the sounds of it too your family even now is very much spread out still scattered but funny enough um, I have two older brothers mm -hmm. both of them are in places where we've lived before that 
as we grew up, we found our roots there. So they've returned to where they felt they had their roots. Yeah. And do you feel any need to kind of keep your roots in that Latin American kind of culture? Do you have that at all or no? Yeah. It's, I mean, really, you're the only one that's in Vancouver. I, I'm the only one that currently lives yeah. from my close family in North America. I do have cousins and uncles that live in the States. Um, but I, Vancouver in Canada has become the place where I've lived the longest of mm-hmm. just a few years back. So it finally feels like I found, to call it home, a place yeah. where I got my life started, where I'm making the choices and the shots of where I get to spend my time and mm-hmm. all of that. So for the time being and i just got my permanent residency approved How as well good for you. thank you so i feel like finally exactly like i'm making those shots of this is where i want to be for the yeah. time being and as much as i want to go to latin america just because the culture is so rich and warm and collectivistic as well mm. um it's not in my cards right now mm-hmm. but i would like to go back at some point in my life okay that's exciting yeah. And you had asked me to, I mean, even just, you know, traveling back to Argentina, I, I have not been back since, you know, 2007, but mm-hmm. I have some friends of mine that are listening. So I will kind of pump them up a bit that it's eventually going to be happening. <laughs> I can't tell you when, but I, you know what, there is something so special about, obviously Argentina means a lot to me having mm-hmm. spent the year there, but I just, I have so many more goals when it comes to traveling around Latin America and exploring and just that easy living you know and of of course there are places you need to avoid at the moment but just overall so much love and joy and and a love of food and social outings and events it's it's very rich oh yeah in many ways yes yeah it just brings a quality of life um, that I feel not a lot of people get to experience in their lives. So definitely, yeah, you nailed if that. you're considering visiting Latin America, this is your calling. Yeah, get there. <laughs> right now. Yeah, book your ticket. <laughs> okay, so having spoken just about some travel, like obviously you're super keen on travel. You've recently done some pretty significant travel, even though it was just in North America. It was a pretty long stay in the old NYC. Can yeah. you tell us all about that? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm stoked. What took you there? Why were you there? What was the buildup to even taking that trip? Go. 100%. So this past summer, I got the privilege to be in New York City for two months. That was quite the dream come true. Mm -hmm. New York City has always been a destination for me. I try to go once a year. Oh, cool. um, Just because there's something about the lights. There's something about the people and the energy in New York that just draws me. Mm -hmm. Um, And this past summer, I got the chance to go to attend a training for SoulCycle there. Um, It was a two-month rigorous training, and it was, just to call it least, like a dream come true. Yeah. Um, It's been years in the making of trying to create this dream and manifesting it. And finally got the chance to be able to go and give it my all and go through the training to be able to then come back here to Vancouver and start teaching. It's Now, when you say a dream come true, tell us a little bit about even the intensity of how you can even get there. Because it's not like just... I could go and sign up and become a soul cycle instructor. <laughs> Tell us about that. Like you put a lot of work into this. Absolutely. And the way that it works and just to, to cut it short is you, there's auditions. Then you have to go through this training and then um, be able to be in New York for the two months, teach a bit in New York to then be able to be qualified um, to teach um, in where wherever you are 
but getting to that point where you're comfortable with yourself to present your messaging to others and all of that requires some self-discovery, I'd say, mm-hmm. and where you want to teach from, what you want to talk about in your classes, and really understanding your true motivations in life to be able to share and hold space yeah. for others. It's uh, 45 minutes that you get to spend with others in a room, and how are you going to fill that time mm-hmm. with your stories, with some words, but then it's also how do you create a safe space for others to also find themselves yeah. in there. I think that's really beautiful. And we had talked pre-recording about how trainings for you and I, I mean, myself with my yoga teacher training and you now with Soul Soul Cycle and Spin Training, about how we really connected on the level that our trainings are so unique. However, Mm -hmm. there's that common, I guess, vibe that what they do is in a really systematic, supported way, Mm -hmm. they build you right they instill that confidence of it's safe like you said it's safeguarded they're there watching you they're there supporting you they're there helping you yeah but they're providing that opportunity for you to have that range of emotions at the end of the day and really connect with your true authentic self to see what it is that you want to share with the world um, and what is your unique voice yeah that you want to bring to the table Mm -hmm. have you found your voice I'm still learning and getting comfortable yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder yeah. I wonder how long, I guess totally based on experience mm-hmm. or your training even in general. Yeah, I think it might probably take a little while depending, you know, on where you're at. A hundred percent. And I'm yeah. ready for this journey. I feel it took me about two years to get to this point where I'm officially teaching my own classes and doing my thing and I feel I learned so much from other instructors and other people who lifted me to get to this point um, here in Vancouver and in other different places that I've taken classes at um, that obviously they've gotten to the point where their voice is very unique to them and now I'm at one point where I'm trying to draw different things that I like from all of them but then how do I also create my own? Mm-hmm. So I feel right now I'm still kind of discovering that space of um, applying all of the different learnings that I've gotten so far. Yeah. And at the same time, seeing what feels good for me from my life experiences, from what I learned during the training and how I can share that with the world as well. Mm-hmm. Based on your classes that you have, do you have a lot of returning spinners, guests, whatever you guys would call them, clients, do you have a lot of people that are returning or are you finding that you're having a lot of new clientele come in? There is a mix of both. So I um, I used to be a writer. I used to go to the studio for about two years before I started auditioning. So obviously the, the, the whole point of the, having one studio is to have that community feel, mm-hmm. that okay. uh, relationship bond with other people. So I feel that a lot of my friends who I've met throughout these years are starting to come to my classes to support me, check them out, but also having different time slots and things like that is drawing a different crowd that I hadn't mm-hmm. gotten the chance to meet before. So a little mix of both, I'd say. Yeah. Do you have specific messages kind of in your mind when you're going into your classes or do those maybe come at you throughout the day as to you know you're thinking about the class that you're going to lead and you think about your messages throughout the day or do you kind of set a theme for a week how does that work definitely it's you set a theme kind of like what you definitely wants to be motivating and encouraging and you want to lift people up um something that i found really amazing now that i've been doing this for almost two months is i'm starting to get closer and build relationships with a lot of my writers and people that are coming to class and i'm starting to hear life stories i'm Mm -hmm. starting to connect with them in a different level where it goes beyond the room where it goes beyond those 45 minutes where we're just 
dancing, singing along, having a good time, where I'm starting to also speak to them indirectly in a broader message Mm -hmm. um, based on what they're telling me. Right. So I feel that's where the magic truly happens. Mm -hmm. And that's why I feel it takes time to find your voice, to find, to get your following, to build those people who you connect with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because at the end of the day, we're all mirrors of each other. So if they're telling you something and then it's a clear reflection right there. So perhaps other people in the room also need to hear that. Um, not necessarily singling anybody out or whatnot, mm-hmm. but it just feels like a great opportunity to share an overarching message because believe it or not, we're all going through very similar things in our lives. Yeah. And that's just a safe space yeah. for everyone to come together, share each other's energy and heal. Yes. And that is uh, very much become a theme of the Safe Haven podcast. I'm finding even like, mm-hmm. I'm, I love that you just said that because this platform has now become a, a space where people sharing are connecting with mm-hmm. people they've never met, yeah. you know, and there is such a power in vulnerability and people that are coming to soul cycle or even, you know, the instructors are all there for a reason. There's no mistake that they're all there together on this mm-hmm. journey. For sure. I think it's really yeah. special, like really, really special. I wanted to ask you too about self-expression. How do you feel that you're able to express yourself while instructing or in the spin world that you may or may not have had challenges with in the past? Yeah. I, there's something about putting that headset on that just completely shuts everything out. Like whatever you went through your day or your week or whatever it is, it's just, it's like a superhero cape. (laughs) You put that headset on and then you have kind of like the power to, elevate others and push others so when it comes to self-expression it gives you this ability to just speak freely people are spending their time with you yeah they want to be in the room with you Mm -hmm. and they want to hear what you have to say hear your music so I feel that's just quite a privilege first off but then also it's it's a just an awesome position to be in to have that space to do so. So as a new instructor, I guess, just to call it that, it's 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 pretty awesome. And it lets really lets me be me. Yeah. Um, because I feel like all this time trying to get to this point, it's kind of been navigating that. Like, what what do they want from me to get to this point? Mm-hmm. Always trying to see what is the need to become an instructor. But now it feels like once you get there, you can really let your true color shine and it's not like you're being looked at in a microscope or anything. So it's pretty freeing, to be honest. I, I, yeah, and probably super empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I love celebration. So whenever there's like something going on, it just... It feels me. I'm I'm extra, just to call it that. I I get it. I am too. (laughs) So it feels really good and it just allows me to uh, go outside of the box that I put myself in. And I feel a lot of us put ourselves in on our Mm -hmm. day-to-day on our jobs, with our friends, with our families. And I feel that's just a space for me to be me, which feels very real and raw. What are some emotional boundaries maybe that you've dealt with in the past that you feel like you've been able to shed through your journey with spin and your training? I feel the biggest one is that self-acceptance I feel a lot of the time we're just trying to chase something and really get attached to that mm-hmm. dream or that goal or whatever it is. And then you hit, you may hit a wall at some point, but then that thing will stop you most of the time. But really like looking past it and seeing what that lesson has taught you and keeping moving forward. It took me quite a bit of time to get to where like this point right now where I'm 
teaching and whatnot. So being able to be okay with not always getting things in the first shots, I yeah. think that has been quite a big lesson in this entire journey so far. And things have always come nicely. Like you just create things, you, you can manifest things really mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. But when something doesn't go your way, instead of getting put down or not seeing things working the way you want i think it's pretty just as important to acknowledge that it might just not be the right timing for it but keeping your head high because it might be coming for you in another opportunity or another chance in an even greater type of gift or packaging yeah i love that i i think i just saw something that really resonated with me the other day and it said be brave enough i think it was something like be brave enough to not be great at everything or be brave enough, blah, blah, blah. Basically to make mistakes. Be brave enough to make mistakes. Be brave enough to suck at something that you're trying for the first time. Oh, for sure. Right? And that's something that just, like I said, starting my roots here in Canada, I really do feel that's when my life got started. And it's when things started coming not as easily and Uh I had to figure out things by myself. Obviously, you're out of the home, like really figuring things out and that struggle of like, why isn't everything working out the way I want it to? (laughs) So yeah, just keeping your head high. Yeah. Always keep your head high. That's a, that's a big takeaway. And obviously life is going to throw some crazy curveballs at us, but just maintaining Mm. that integrity and resilience. I know that that is one thing that you have, you know, had rooted throughout your entire life is just that ability to just keep going and just to the next thing. Yes. Actually on that, on that resilience note too, when I was introducing you, I introduced you as Juan or JD Leano. Yeah. And I really wanted to, to kind of unpack that a little bit because even when you introduced yourself to me earlier, and now I've introduced you as such on the podcast, it was, and you're so cute about it because just the way that you're <laughs> like, it's, it's Juan, JD, whatever you want to call me kind of thing. And I mean, some people might have a nickname or something like that, but my first thing that I took away from that was like, Juan, okay, well, I know, I know that you've got some Latin roots, but then JD also, like you said, is very much North American kind of style. So can you dive into that a little bit? Juan, like you said, it's a very common name in Latin America. I don't know the actual stat for it, but I'm sure that at least half (laughs) of the Latin population has a Juan or a Maria, either or. (laughs) But... Yeah, my full name is Juan Daniel. I'm so glad you can pronounce it as well, yeah. <laughs> um, which is part of the reason why when I moved to North America, I was like, how can I make it easier? Mm-hmm. You go to the local Starbucks and they write your name as O-N-E, like number one. Um, oh a lot gosh. of people can't pronounce Come it. Come on, so. Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> so just like to make it easier on um, people and also myself and having to explain that, I just decided to adopt the JD. Mm-hmm. But with that said... It also came with a detachment of those Latin roots. And I feel this had started before as traveling, visiting the States and things like that. That's when the JD started being introduced. Um, So definitely detaching myself from that heritage and that background of Juan and Latin Juan to be precise a little bit more. But do you feel like there's shame in that? Is that like like a shame thing? It's... In a way, there is. When I was younger, there definitely was a lot more shame. Just like I said, I had family in the States, so we would go visit them every now and then. And they had been there for a while, so they lost their accents. Like, they Mm. have different names. So it was kind of like my way of adapting and looking up to them and to North American culture. 
having gone to an American school and being raised with American movies and all Mm -hmm. these um, type of like American holidays like Halloween, having friends from the embassy who had access to the commissary with all the fruit gushers and the (laughs) Pop-Tarts and things that are just not available in your local Latin American grocery store. It was always a thing that you would look up to. And it was my way of camouflaging, I feel, Mm -hmm. into what I wanted to become and be, I think. Mm -hmm. And coming to Canada, it was like, cool, I got that. Yeah. Let's introduce JD into the equation. But then in university, I started meeting a lot of other Latin American friends, a lot of other people who are also from all parts Mm -hmm. of um, the continent. And I started getting a little bit more comfortable with that. And then they started like calling me out on it of like, hey, like you're also Latino. Why don't you want to hang out with us as much? Why are you always with like the North American people? Things like that, Mm -hmm. which was confronting, obviously, because I want to be close to my heritage and my people and my music and we were talking about this before like latin american people have that sense of community and warmth and it's so lovely yeah so it was very confronting to have that and now being a little bit older talking about this with my mom as well she has expressed times where she's she felt that i had shame for our family for her and just me being Latin American when I went back to visit family and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I feel it comes from a place where it, I f- it didn't seem like it was worth uh, the same level as it were. Like if you were from North America, like if there, there was a power comparison of sorts. Right. It, does she have more of an understanding of where you're coming from with your choices now? De- yeah, for yeah. sure. We've got into this point with uh, that we're we're able to freely talk about this. Okay, that's nice. Um, and we've healed that place where she used to feel sad about it. Obviously, yeah. When we used to have friends over and things like that, she got upset because sometimes I would be ashamed and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so now being a little bit older and talking about these situations with her, I feel like we've got into that understanding of she gets it Mm -hmm. um i was younger at that age and i was looking up at this culture that i wanted to be part of so bad and now finally like living here now it's pretty it's like looking at yourself through a different lens yeah it would be okay so then do you introduce yourself differently depending on who you're introducing yourself to now yes so when it's more of a professional setting i do say juan just because that is my real name mm-hmm. when it's more of a casual setting i typically say jd mm-hmm. but now i'm finding that <laughs> a lot of my worlds are colliding and it's not translating so right. people from my casual world i'm meeting people from my professional world and they talk about me and it's not really merging mm-hmm. so this huge identity crisis really comes <laughs> about and even funny enough right now applying for my permanent residency um i have two last names like a lot of people in latin america do Uh, it's leaño gomez okay i typically only put one last name just because out of habit but my paperwork like legal documents have both so it was kind of like a big nightmare trying to piece all the documents together legal not legal anyways long story short it all worked out you got it but now i'm like okay like who am I at this point in age now that I feel like I'm really getting this fresh start with in Canada with my permanent residency this new chapter how do I want to quote-unquote like rebrand myself as and you don't have an answer not a clear one just yet (laughs) so I feel where are you sitting with that right now I mean if you if I was to ask you at this moment what's your name 
I'd say JD okay. for the time being. Yeah. Cool. It wouldn't be both. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's really, that's really cool to hear. And I think too, that identity kind of just figuring yourself out, like you say, is going to come with time. What are you at the at Soul Cycle? JD. JD. I'm there just because that's what they've known me for for a few years. And yeah. just right now, you asking me that question, I feel is just like, what does each name represent for me? Yes. And the way that I see myself right now in like the present moment is this like kind of like fun, spunky, like kind of quirky person. And I feel that JD represents that a little bit more than the Juan, okay. where the Juan still represents like a place where I need to do some self-work and heal some aspects of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas the JD is kind of like the what I aspire to be and where I want to be. So it's kind of like that's the way that I'm going and that's what I want to feel like. I love that you just talked about doing some work on yourself because I am all about that. <laughs> so tell me about different types of things or practices that you have that are helping you find those answers definitely having the right people around me I feel Mm -hmm. we talked about this very briefly a little bit before but we call it with my friends um, the board of life directors I love that so it's basically picking a group of people in your life who you're close to and asking them for advice just like a business has their mission statements their values Mm -hmm. and all those things who are those people in your life that will call you out on your things and give you advice be your eyes and ears for everything else so having the right people in my life has really helped me these past few years specifically navigating post-graduation because university was kind of a little bit of a bubble coming Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. to Canada to do that but now after that it's kind of like really when my life got started yeah so having those appropriate people to do that and then I found also through health and fitness and wellness as another outlet to really get in touch with myself to have that time for myself because it's so easy to feel things and brush them off Mm -hmm. but I feel when my body's moving my mind is really able to connect with it and Mm -hmm. really come together and feel good that's super powerful yeah do you meditate uh, not as much as I wish. <laughs> yes, I'm the same. I, I, I had try such to. a solid practice. And I was yeah. just mentioning to you earlier that it's, I just feel like more recently with where I'm currently living and I'm just kind of feeling a little bit mm-hmm. up in the air, which is when you need it the most. Yes. And I know this, yeah. but I'm still just having that hard time really grounding myself. And I'm carrying around my obsidian to help me ground <laughs> myself. But man, do I need some work there. But I'm also acknowledging that, right? Um, with other personal practices, do you have any other personal practices or things that you participate in that help keep you grounded, rounded, happy, fulfilled? When it comes to food as well, I feel like Ooh, I having like, like nutrition that just fuels your body. Yes. It's so important. Yeah. At the end of the day, just looking at ourselves, like comparing us to a vehicle, you need to have the appropriate <gasps> nutrients and food to like yes. really be able to I, go I a thousand miles. That. Mm -hmm. and you need to change the oil and all those things so having an appropriate nutrition is really what I see and playing experiments I feel that's really fun on yourself and the type of food at different times of day and tell me about these experiments just for just a very brief example (laughs) I know when I eat a lot of pasta or like heavy foods at Uh night I wake up feeling very sluggish okay yo okay so two two weeks ago I went out to I don't know. I think it was Boston Pizza. I think we were supposed to go somewhere Yum. else. Hi, <laughs> Trina. Trina was my guest. And we went out. Trina's going to be on the podcast, FYI. 
So Trina and I went out and we sat for three hours at Boston Pizza. And I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I went. It was probably with Riley weeks ago. Yeah. But I rarely go out and eat heavy meals at restaurants. I ate so much. I was almost uncomfortably full. And then the idea of dessert came up and I was like, yes, please. Absolutely. You can't pass on that. No. So I had this panna cookie thing and I asked for extra ice cream because I indulge every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) So I just went for it. You could have rolled me across the parking lot. I was so full. And I woke up the next day hungry and felt like shit. Yes. So I was like, okay, Amanda, this is why you don't do this. Obviously, I had such a fabulous night with Trina. We had such a good time and the conversation was so rich. But man, did I eat too much. And then I kept thinking about how, Amanda, remember, you've been here before. This is why you were (laughs) supposed to eat well, right? But man, do I feel you with that. And it doesn't mean like you can't do it. No, like you just, have to enjoy it. And like you were with a friend. So obviously like it. the situation called for it. it. But if you have a choice. Yes. That's when you start learning about what works for your body. Uh-huh. What fuels you. What makes you feel good. Yes. And really like paving your path to mm-hmm. feel the way you want to feel. Do you have specific foods that you eat throughout your day every day? Not necessarily like super regimented. Mm-hmm. I just know I'm, I get very hangry. Like oh, yeah. I can, like people who are like close to me and my friends and my partner, if I get hangry, I, I just need to put something in my mouth and like, I'll be fine in just a second. Um, but definitely like I, a lot of protein, um, it, it can be plant-based, anything, but mm-hmm. I, my body craves it and it needs it a lot, especially with all the intercycling and the movement that I do. Um, I also love fresh fruit. My body's very hot in mm-hmm. general. Pizza. So, yes, yes. Your pizza. Ayurveda right yeah. there. Love it. Um, so something that cools me down. So cucumbers, Got mint, it. things like that just to calm down. And uh, roast products, I feel, also help me when my mind is like really up in the air mm-hmm. just to ground myself a little bit more. Love it. So those are like the little like snippets and hacks that I start to learn just like like I said experimenting. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing that's super clear. I get bored of routine. So something bored. that's just like a little bit more casual so what does a really not so good meal that tastes really good and makes you feel good in the moment meal look like or taste like what was what would you really just go in for it what kind of meal would you have oh my god sushi all day every day really i love it yeah i do too We kind of get spoiled out here yeah. in old vancouver every blog there's just a different yeah. parlor and whatnot oh. so great <laughs> sushi train and it goes around and it comes on a little choo-choo train i've never been to one of those it's a dream it it would be a dream it's so cute do you know how they work so every little well there's obviously like a variety of sushi dishes that will come around and then if it's a i don't know i'm gonna make stuff up here but like if it's a an orange plate it's three dollars if it's a yellow plate it's four dollars a blue plate is five you know and so that you collect your plates and then that's how they bill you i love that right Oh my How God. clever. And I think you know, more restaurants should do these that. These are the kind of things that, like I said, like coming from Latin America, you see in a movie and you want to try those yeah. things. Happened to me with like Korean barbecue and all these other like funky meals like <laughs> that as well, which I like, we should go. I'm down. Okay. That's going to be, we're going to talk Spanish eating sushi. Cuando quieras. Vamos. <laughs> I'm in. I'm. Yeah. Don't tempt me. We could go right now. We're going to cut this podcast short. We're going to go for a sushi break. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay. I had some more questions I wanted to ask yes. you. Yes, yes, when yes. it comes to self-judgments, we're going to dig a bit deeper here. Let's go. What are some self-judgments that you have held about yourself that have held you back from 
pursuing certain goals? I feel a big one is it comes out often one of comparison, okay. um, looking at what other people are doing mm-hmm. who are in a similar field or in a similar situation. And com- the comparison is the devil. I, it's, mm-hmm. it's your worst. And at the end of the day is you are your worst enemy oh, yeah. at that point where something comes up and it's just like, oh, why am I not doing as good or as amazing as this other person who's in the same situation? And yep. then it's just like that self-talk. We were talking about this, like the story that you're telling yourself just ends up being one that kind of eats you up. Oh, yeah. So definitely there's there's been moments where that comes up. And even right now with this new career as well, it's come up where it's, it's like... I want to be like others or those moments where you want to shine and like, let the people know. Um, it's so easy to get in your head about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's when you have to remember that you're, you're great. You're in you're the trajectory that you're supposed to be in and yep. everything works out with divine timing. And this is not a pun about spin, but it's cyclical. Right? Exactly. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. Self high five. Right. right Self high five. I know. But like for real, it is cyclical. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago about how you're so much more able to relate and embrace the highs once you've experienced a low and vice versa is that when you're in a low, if you've experienced a high, you have hope Mm -hmm. and those lows help keep you a little bit humble, right? Because you've experienced or the highs do, you know, you stay a little bit more humble in those highs because you've experienced the lows. Definitely. Yeah. It gives you perspective Perspective, and allows you to enjoy those highs even Mm -hmm. more and when a low happens you just go through it with an open heart and a little bit of charm yes always charm you have to have a little (laughs) bit of charm or else what are you gonna do (laughs) but embrace it truly and like being present because it's truly a gift at the end of the day that's just gonna make you stronger and Mm -hmm. be able to show you that next that next high that's coming is just gonna be so much greater and sweeter yeah on that note then you auditioned three times and submitted four applications for SoulCycle. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. would give up. What kept you going? I, I, I think it was just the thought of watch me. <laughs> oh, I like that. Watch me do it again and again and again. and Watch me succeed. Watch me succeed. And the support system I feel that I've had just with the community here, with other people who knew I was going through this, it's very uplifting. Mm-hmm. And the love that there is in that community as well, just super and amazing. So it's it's that challenging. Yeah. That's yeah. like super elite. It, they, they do audition tours the way that it works. So it's it's pretty competitive and there's a select number of markets that you can go to as yeah. well. So it's, yeah, it ends up being pretty challenging. You should yeah. feel super proud of that. Thank you. I Thank think it's you. fabulous. And I really mm-hmm. love, though, that there's that those messages, those underlying messages mm-hmm. that you are able now from training and life experience, able to pull into the people that you're working with every day. Yeah. That's got to really shift your mentality, even with how you would tackle a day or a problem. A hundred percent. Yeah. Even um, I was talking to this about uh, with my partner and he was saying that, what I talk about in class, it's kind of just like a living experience mm-hmm. at the end of the day of like, we all go through highs and lows in our day to day. So just pay attention to your own personal day, mm-hmm. how it plays out, and then use that to like feel in your class because it's yeah. the same type of messaging that you could be the positive self-talk and letting go of all those limiting beliefs. How yeah. do you get through your day? Yeah. And then sharing it because we are all human. We're yes. all kind of like very similar in that sense. 
It's, it's essentially you're talking through your own strategies or you're sharing your own strategies. You're modeling your best practices. Exactly. Yep. And I, I feel like a lot of this comes from having moved so much mm-hmm. in my childhood. Where every four years, you said. Every four or five years, yeah. Woo! So it's exactly like it was you have to start fresh. You have to make new friends. You have yeah. to go to a new school. Sometimes it might be good. Sometimes it might be it might not be so good. Moving every four years, what did that do to certain friendships? Were you able to maintain friendships or? Funny enough, some of my closest friends today are from years ago exactly from those friends that I don't necessarily see now that often because of geographic barriers Mm -hmm. but with things like social media and like Skype and FaceTime and with the amount of traveling that I feel like millennials and people are doing we're able to kind of like meet up with each other quite frequently and the greatest thing is truly when you see each other it doesn't feel like time has passed and perhaps the last time I saw them was five years ago Yes, and that's truly a gift I feel like nowadays, just like looking back at it, there were times where it was so dreadful. That first day of school and it was just like, oh, it doesn't feel right. You had to let go of so much. But then the people that you got to meet through because of those experiences, just it's so giving. Yeah, I really I really can appreciate that. Even when there is such a magic in friendship, in real, true, genuine friendship, and Glenda, she's been one of my mentors for, for quite a few years now. And actually, speaking of like not even keeping in touch, she's definitely some someone that I know is in my front row and I'm in hers, regardless mm-hmm. of how often we speak. But that's that was a term that I actually learned from her was your front row. It's if you were, if ga- life was a game, right? Who is it that is supporting you and your every move, your fails, your successes, your wins and your losses? Like who is cheering you on? And that sometimes the people that might slide off that that bench or, you know, leave that front row, that that's okay and it might hurt. But ultimately, it's just making room for those other people that are going to support you in the way that you need to be supported. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Because there's limited space. Yeah. Right there. Yep. It's exclusive. Okay. It is exclusive. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. This is really powerful. Um, I think because we don't need to go into that, but I think this is another thing. It's just the that you and I have shared some experiences, even pre-recording about how we have been dealing with similar experiences with, you know, friends as they come and go and mm-hmm. things can be confronting and that that's okay. Yeah. I try and tell that to my students that not all two people are going to get along and that's okay. And yeah. friendships or relationships that you have at work, in life, no matter what, they change and not all two people are going to work out in any context and that is okay but man do you need that reminder sometimes and you said it yourself it's cyclical it is so it's just repeating what you're saying as well because it's it that's just life yeah at the end of the day and just doing what's best for you who you need to have in your front row in that precise moment in Mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. and who's gonna keep showing up for your front row yeah hold on to those humans latch on I know. <laughs> anchor them down yeah i have two more deep dive questions for you yes okay let's go all right i'm gonna hit you hard what are you most proud of <sighs> always these conversations with my mom i feel like she makes me think a lot now mm-hmm. that I, we were able to really connect to this level mm-hmm. something she brought up this past christmas was how proud she was of me of navigating 
first off, moving here to Canada, starting my life here. Mm-hmm. But second of all, navigating sexuality and like coming out yeah. alone, first off, kind of like by myself here. And then second, from having not a lot of support from my family directly. They were super understanding, bless their hearts. But in Latin America, it's still very, there's a big stigma on coming yeah. out and mm-hmm. um, being attracted to someone on your same sex and things like that. So she opened up to that aspect of how proud she was of how I was able to navigate that mm-hmm. alone. Yeah, And it never occurred to me that I was alone because for me, I was always surrounded by people. I was always yeah. surrounded by my friends and my chosen family at that point. I love that chosen family. I me. love yeah. that. It's the people who you surround yourself with yes. when you are with, with without your mm-hmm. like actual family. So I think she made me realize that of like, hey, like that's actually a pretty big deal. Like yeah, that I is. hadn't even yeah. ever thought of. Now, when did you come out? It's been probably like five years now. Okay. Basically since I moved here yep. um, a f- few years into university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was one of those moments where it was just like, hey, like I, this is what I'm finding out now with mm-hmm. these experiences. Yep. And I, as soon as I went back home the next time, I was like, hey, parents, brothers, this is me. We yep. share everything. We talk all the time. This is me now. This is kind of like the new chapter in my life. Yep. So. And they were super supportive? They were supportive. Funny enough, my mom was like, I'm, I, I get it. I'm going to yeah. have to do some research on what that means. Oh, cute mom. <laughs> but yeah, it's, they've been very supportive. That's and um, even like them having met like my partners throughout mm-hmm. the years and all of that, it's been so nice to see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's with my core family. I still haven't really like my cousins and aunts and uncles I feel like they know obviously because it's been quite a bit of time right now but it's still something that I don't really talk about with yeah, them of course. so at that point whereas like I would like to get to that point mm-hmm. where next time I go home and be like hey like I'll bring my partner kind of thing yeah whereas as of now it's only been like my core family that really knows yeah so. and I would think too that even with your journey and soul cycle I mean chasing your authentic self as we keep coming back to right yeah. is being who you are with your sexuality known as well would be such a motivator as well to just continue. I mean, you've jumped that hurdle with flying colors, like bring on the next challenge. Let's do it. Yeah, definitely. And it was, it it really hit me um, when my grandma passed last year that Mm -hmm. she, one of the last few things that she said to my mom was like, I hope he's happy. And that like it resonated with me in the sense of like, I never really told her. Ah. Of course I'm happy, but I never yeah. really showed her that side of me that yeah. I I'm in love and I'm happy and I'm thriving and it's I wish I could have have really like shared that with her because yeah. she was a wonderful woman and mm-hmm. it's one of like those regrets I guess that I have yeah. as of now. But I am one of those believers that she is watching and listening right now. <laughs> She knows. She knows. She sees. She feels. It's her birthday today. What? Yeah. Funny enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Abuela. La abuela. <laughs> we called her Lita. Lita. Yeah. Abuelita. Feliz cumpleaños. Mm. Oh. <laughs> that is oh my. I am yeah. like. I just got the shivers. Yeah. What a moment. Okay. Wow. wow. Thank you. Wow. Oh yeah. my gosh. I love this. <laughs> Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was a that was a moment, guys. <laughs> Holy. 
Hey, I loved that. Oh thank God. you for your vulnerability no, thank there. You that was for really beautiful. Holding the space and really yes, I got you. Feel comfortable. Yeah, I've got one more. Hit me. Ready? Yes. What do you want to be known for? Mm. What would you want people to remember most about you? What do you want other people to share about you, or what would you want to leave as per a legacy or a message or? I like the idea of a message. Okay. Um, and I feel you kind of live through this type of motto as well, that it's it's okay to trust people and to open up and share and love and be vulnerable and be bright and bold because I feel we're so good at holding back and building walls and putting masks on. And it feels so good to shed those. So just yeah, really like basically the work that you're doing with your podcast and your work and all of that to just remember to shut those out and be you and like really shine your true colors because it feels damn good it does feel damn good doesn't it yeah how yeah. good does this podcast feel <laughs> it feels yeah. amazing right <laughs> thank you so much for sharing being with us today thank you for having me it's such a treat yeah it, that felt really good and i'm feeling just so at peace right now likewise is there a message that you would like to leave our listeners with dare to be present dare to Mm. be present yeah have you struggled with that sometimes yeah i feel it's so easy to like i said just completely shut yourself down Uh or something is stirred up in your body or Mm -hmm. your mind and you do something to numb the pain yeah so whenever that happens dare to be there and just feel it sit with it sit with it and see what else does it bring up because then there might be a trigger but that's not the problem there's something deeper in you that you need to do some work to like really heal that space and talk either talk about it with someone or have a conversation Mm -hmm. to really bring peace to your life so dare to be present. That is a beautiful message. Juan, JD, gracias. Leanos, Gomez. <laughs> gracias. Thank you so, so much. A ti. Un beso. Oh. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Safe Haven podcast. Please make sure that you tell your friends. <laughs> Your generous support keeps the sharing and messages coming your way. If you are interested in supporting the podcast in more ways than just listening, please go to the safehavenpodcast.podbean.com. Look at the top right and there's a cute little green button that says become a patron. This is where you can donate as little or as much as you like. And there is no obligation to do this. It's just another way that you can make sure that this podcast continues, that my equipment is covered and that I can continue chasing these incredible stories and messages. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you next week.